Trail Talk Show, the podcast where I talk trails, rides, racing, and the best accessories in the off-road world. I'm your host, Jordan. Welcome to episode 34 of the show. If you're a new listener, hit subscribe so you get notified when new episodes are available. New episodes are uploaded each week. And if you're back for more, thank you. You can also follow the show on facebook.com forward slash the trail show to stay up to date and get bonus content from the show. The Valley Off-Road Racing Association's Desert Open Series came to a close on Sunday with the Yearington 300 in Nevada. We had a fully eventful day. Staging for the UTVs was early. We were ready to race by 6.30 a.m., four laps on the 76-mile circuit for the pro classes. Working alongside DVR Racing, they ran a pro NA car and we ran our pro turbo. Partnered with Desert Vet Partnering with Desert Vets Racing, Bill and his veteran co-driver started the race and experienced belt and clutch issues in the first lap, resulting in them making a long stop at Pro Pit for repairs. Lucky for us, they were able to get it fixed back on course to continue. Our partners at SMC Racing made their driver swap after the first lap with no issues. Their second lap was a long pit stop, a blow on left rear axle, and radius rod bolts coming loose. Made for a lengthy repair, but we were able to get them back on course. They took third in class for the Pro-NA in their 1960 Polaris Razor. They timed out at pit one on their fourth lap. For the RCG race team, we made our driver's team swap after the second lap. Myself, myself and Colton hopped in. We had an uneventful third lap where we timed out and finished the race 6th in the Pro Turbo class and 25th overall. Minus the belt issues, this was the RCG race team's best race of the 2021 season. Um, it just happened to to come at, at the last VOR race of the season. As of today, we're not sure if we're done for the year or if we want to do events such as Raging on the River or the Mint 400, that is still to be determined. Labor Day was peaceful. Took out our razor for a ride and ended up along the Walker River where we spent the day kickback in the sun. It was a nice day for the wife and I. In the news, Ultra 4 announced this week that they have partnered with the United States Auto Club most commonly known as USAC Racing. Their partnership will make USAC the official race operations, safety, and technical provider for Ultra 4 starting in 2022. In Ultra 4 statement, they noted they have worked with USAC for over a decade to build a competitive foundation in which the racers, fans, and corporate ex sponsors expect from Ultra 4 Racing. USAC is the organization sanctioned for events such as the Indianapolis 500 and serves as a sanctioning body for a number of racing series, including the American Rally Association, NRX Rallycross, COR and Gas Short Course Off-Road, Outlaw Sand Drag Series, Red Bull Scramble Series, the Porsche Sprint Challenge, 
in the World Challenge Road Racing Series alongside a number of sprint and midget series across the U.S. Why this drew my attention is when you talk USAC racing, they're the top officiating body across many series and some of the top series of racing. To me, this proves that off-road racing is growing, not just in popularity, but in sponsor interest. With USAC racing involved in Ultra 4, it will increase the exposure of off-road racing, not only in what Ultra 4 is doing, but also what series like Best in the Desert, Legacy Racing, and Vore are doing as well. This announcement came just days after Lauren Healy dominated the Crandon World Finals at the famed Crandon Raceway in Crandon, Wisconsin. Full results from the Crandon Classic can be found on ultra4racing.com. Best in the Desert action resumes this weekend with the All Terrains Concepts UTV Legends Championship in Laughlin, Nevada. Mitch Guthrie Jr. set the fastest time in Thursday's qualifying with an average speed of 54.85 miles per hour. The 17-mile race course is said to be wider with more lane options this year. All the race info and live coverage can be found on Best in the Desert's website, bitd.com. Speaking of Best in the Desert, they have released their 2022 race schedule, which includes the Famed Vegas Torino events starting on April 10th, 2022, or August 10th, I'm sorry. Other events include the season opening Parker 250, Silver State 300, and the all-new Battleborn 200, alongside the Atalanto Grand Prix. Full schedule details are also available on their website. Not afraid of water, not afraid to race. The new rugged M1 Radio's Race Series Radio is built to endure the toughest environments of off-road racing. <coughs> Excuse me. Specs include IP67 waterproof sealed housing, digital audio clarity, and a powerful Mitsubishi transmit amplifier. Starting MSRP at $573, Rugged's claim is their radio will survive the dirt, water, and more on the race course, as well as on your everyday rides. I got to put hands on this new radio last month at Vegas Torino, and I will say the build quality is top-notch. I'm really curious to see how this performs in the wild. Um, Again, on my podcast, all opinions are my own. No one's paying me to say anything about products. Um, But one thing, one issue with radios in the off-road community is they get wet. They get dirty. Um, And rugged, taking that step to build a radio that can can handle the the aggression of the race course and jumping through water crossings and stuff like that is is a huge step towards the right direction in high quality communications in the off-road community. I did have Greg Cottrell from Rugged Radios on a previous episode. If you missed that, you can listen back anytime on your favorite streaming apps such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. But one thing Greg said was, you know, his company is communication. If you want to talk to someone in another race vehicle or another recreational vehicle, um, Rugged makes really good product. Um, Now, there's also other companies out there such as PCI race radios. One thing I have to touch on 
I mean, I don't have to, but I'm going to, is a lot of people say they prefer PCI radios over rugged radios or vice versa. What intrigues me the most about the PCI fangirls, if you will, is PCI makes nothing. PCI is a reseller of radios such as Icom, Baofeng, Motorola, so on and so forth. They don't have any of their own branded products. They take somebody else's radio and they throw a sticker on it. Um, Rugged, on the other hand, is developing their own radios. They're designing their own radios. Whether these radios are somebody else's radio that Rugged's getting their logo on or they're truly designing and creating their own radios is huge just to have the logo, the um, just to have that support from a manufacturer is, is incredible to me. Um, so I'm a big fan of Rugged, big fan of everybody over there. Um, I got to talk with their guys at Yearington, just a great group of people. Um, so RuggedRadios.com is where you can check out their new radio um, and all their other products. With racing seasons coming to a close, we get closer and closer to the end of riding season in some parts of the country. As much as us diehards will ride year-round, there are those who stow away their UTV for the winter. What I'm going to do in this episode is touch on the proper way to do this. There's more work that goes into it than just parking it and waiting for the thaw to come out in the spring. Now, it's kind of depressing to be thinking about this, but hey, it is September. Leaves are changing in the East Coast and the Midwest. Temps are dropping. So I want to make sure I share the knowledge of parking your vehicle for the off-season and what preparations you need to do. For some of us, winter is literally just another riding season. Um, a lot of people use their rangers, razors for snow plowing or doing work in the winter. But many riders put their rigs into hibernation mode for the cold and snowy season. And it's not as simple as just pulling the four-wheeler or side-by-side side into the yard or garage and forgetting about it until the spring's thaw. You've got to do a little prep work. What I want to talk about today is helping you learn how to properly winterize your UTVs with some pretty straightforward information. Winterizing side-by-sides partially involves conducting a little routine maintenance on the engine and starting system. From dealing with the fuel tank to caring for the battery, let's dive in. Fuel allowed to stagnate the tank can gum up the system with varnish, and condensation may cause its ethanol component to separate from the gasoline. This is called phase separation, and thus can lead to performance issues in the spring. One thing you can do to avoid these degradations over the winter is you should either run your machine out of gas before putting into storage and siphoning out anything that remains in the tank after the engine dies, or add a fuel stabilizer in the proper dose. Now, if you're adding fuel stabilizer, run the engine for 5 to 10 minutes for allow it to penetrate all the parts of your fuel system. 
then top off the tank with fresh fuel to limit the amount of air inside and thus ward against the formation of condensation. Now for older machines, <coughs> you're, you might have a carburetor. If you do have a carburetor, close off the peacock and drain the fuel out of the float bowl. Now talking about oil. Old oil in an engine can cause its own problems. Given the acidic and otherwise damaging combustion products that tend to accumulate in it. If your off-road vehicle is due for an oil change, take care of that before putting it in winter storage. Same goes for your transmission and differential fluids. Leaving a dirty air filter in your side-by-side -side over the winter can cause it to degrade, plus making startup in the spring a bit of a trial. Clean the air filter or replace it ahead of storage. Some manufacturers may recommend to block off the air box intake to keep critters out. You should also consider sim similarly blocking any other intakes or exhaust tube pipes where rodents might otherwise get in and make themselves a nest. Now, when you're positioned for storage, remove the battery. Take the opportunity to give the terminals a good cleaning so they have the best connection possible when you pull your machine back out of storage. You can keep this battery on a battery tender over the winter or simply just store it and charge it in the spring if you're storing it all winter long. Now the next question is where to store your side-by-side -side during the winter. If you have the structure and space, it's always preferable to store your side-by-side -side in a garage, barn, shed, or other indoor shelter to minimize this exposure to winter elements. Ice, road salt, snow, mud can all promote corrosion and rust, and extreme temperatures cause problems of their own. You should be cleaning your side-by-side -side or UTV after every other ride, or after every ride, depending on how dirty you get it. But make sure you give it a thorough wash and scrub, and apply protective wax or items such as SC1 for good measure before putting it up for storage. Again, everything from dust and dirt to chunks of frozen mud or ice can damage the body or finish if left caked on your machine for an extended period. Now talking about covers. Certainly if you're storing your four-wheeler or side-by-side -side outside, even if you've got a garage or shed space for it, covering the machine to keep brie off will help it buffer from wind-blown or falling objects. It will also help shield it from degrading UV rays. While an old tarp is better than nothing, you can get more complete and secure protection from a specially designed side-by-side -side cover. You want to find something that's made of durable weather-resistant materials such as nylon or polyethylene. And these covers are most of the time equipped with some mechanism for cinching or tying down the cover to the off-road vehicle. Now it varies by manufacturer, but leaving your side-by-side -side parked on the ground or on concrete all winter long can result in strain or damage to the tires. 
To prevent this and also give your machine a little more protection from water and snow if stored outside, it's best to elevate it for winter storage. Jack it up and secure it on jack stands, cinder blocks, or other adequate supports. Throw that cover over it and you're all set. Now, most manufacturers say failing to properly winterize your off-road vehicle may lead to unnecessary wear on both its exterior and inner workings. Over those long winter months, taking the steps to store it properly will help it rev right back into action as soon as riding season comes around again. Now, depending on manufacturer, there are some manufacturers who recommend you fog the engine. I won't get into that because every manufacturer is a little bit different, but fogging the engine is removing the spark plug and getting oil over the cylinders and so on and so forth. If you're interested in that, YouTube is an absolutely wonderful place. So with that, I am going to put the bookend on today's episode. If you missed any part of today's show or any previous episodes, you can always listen back anytime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and more. Thank you all to everyone who tunes in each week. Your support means a ton to me. We will be back next week with another all-new episode and another great topic to cover if you would please follow the show on facebook.com forward slash the trail talk show and you can also follow me on instagram and twitter jordan hewlett 63 so thank you all everyone for another fantastic episode this week so long everybody